I have been accused at times of being merely an intellectual, a biblical scholar, and my teaching has often been dismissed as too deep for the average Christian. Well, this is not true of me. I'm not an intellectual, and I'm only a biblical scholar to the point that I would expect that it's true for any Christian to be a faithful student of the inspired text. And I don't believe for a moment that my teaching is too deep for the average Christian. What I am is I'm a desperate man, desperate to pursue the working out of the life of Christ which has, God has graciously vested in me by grace through the gift of faith. And it is your calling as well to work out your salvation. That word work involves effort. You're called to work out your salvation. And it's not a suggestion. It's an imperative, an apostolic imperative. Paul says it this way in Philippians 2, 5 through 18. Let me just read that text to you. Quote, Having this, have this way of thinking in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. So he's calling us to walk and follow the footsteps of Jesus, who, although existing in the form of God, did not regard regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a slave, by being made in the likeness of men. Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God also highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Let me just interject. That's our model. That's our model for anonymity, humility, and obedience. So Paul goes on then in verse 12. So then, in other words, because these things are true of Christ, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. That word work has shown up here, hasn't it? That implies effort. Do all things without grumbling or disputing, so that you will be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life, so that in the day of Christ I will have reason to boast because I did not run in vain nor labor in vain. 
But even if I am poured out, says the apostle, as a drink offering upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I rejoice and share my joy with you all. And, I'll, and you also rejoice in the same way and share your joy with me. Paul just described the Christian life. The Christian life is about working out our salvation as an obedience to God. In the awareness, the reverent, godly fear and awareness that it is God himself who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. But there is an alternative way of living as a Christian, and that's the way the devil wants you to live. In fact, the devil has a whole set of beatitudes for you. And I'm going to lay those out before you now and just see which of these two paths you want to walk. You let me know. There's the path of the apostolic imperative that I just mentioned. And then there's Satan's beatitudes. And they go as follows. The devil wants you to claim spiritual and material prosperity but come short of the kingdom of heaven. The devil wants you to be happy, victorious, enjoying your best life now. But he doesn't want you mourning the sins of the world or all that comes short of Christ in your own character. The devil wants you standing strong and proud, not lowly, becoming a gentle heir of the new heaven and new earth to come. And the devil wants you sanitized and satisfied with your spiritual growth, not hungering and thirsting for the righteousness that can only be satisfied by and in Christ. The devil wants you to judge others and avoid those rotten sinners around you, but not showing mercy to all. The devil wants you impure in your heart, lusting after the things of the world, though you will never see God. The devil wants you to fight for liberty and your rights as a citizen, but he's not interested in you being a peacemaker and thus showing and proving yourself to be a son of God. And the devil wants you to have people praise you and support you and pronounce blessings upon you. But coming up short of displaying the righteousness of Christ, which brings persecution. The devil wants you to be regarded as a popular Christian leader, conference speaker, and author, not persecuted, as were the prophets before you. The devil wants you to enjoy earthly rewards and pleasures, not living with your eyes fixed on the heavenly reward. So, there is no third option, by the way. We can follow the apostolic imperative, 
and follow in the model of Jesus and live out a life of humility versus selfish ambition. We can live out a life of anonymity. We can live a life of humility versus pride, arrogance, self-righteousness. Boy, there's a lot of that going around. Especially among some of the more conservative men on Facebook, especially, I find. Some of these men who take real good interest in the Bible and the Word, and they love to use their position on that Facebook channel to beat up on people, call names even, point out all that's wrong with everyone, and then glory in how right they are. See, there's nothing Christ-like about that. So there's the paths before you. You can work out your own salvation after the model and image of Christ. Or you can follow the devil's outline and the devil's beatitudes for how to live out the Christian life. I invite you to listen to this brief little exhortation at least a couple, three times. Take note of what I've said about how the devil wants you to live and what he really wants for you. I mean, sometimes the devil, as an angel of light, will appear as an advocate to you. He'll appear as kind of your, your support network, your buddy, the one who wants the best for you. He only wants you to enjoy what you have every right to enjoy. See, that's how he approached Adam and Eve, especially Eve, first. He only wanted the best for them. He, wanted only, he only wanted them to understand that God was withholding from them. And that if they would just do what he says that they would have their they would have their day they could make things right between them and god so the devil always has a plan and it doesn't always come across as mayhem chaos and destruction no 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 sometimes it comes out as real blessing and life and prosperity all you have to do is stop living like jesus Amen.